Uh, all right, <laughs> that's an intro to play with. Okay, well, We're working on that one. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Entertain This, a podcast about movies, TV shows, and video games. My name is Hayden. With me, I have Mitch. Hello, and Tom. Hi, Tom. This is our Thursday episode where we've changed things up and we're doing our news and reviews for today. Um, I got punished last week after failing trivia for the first time ever, and uh, <laughs> that week, <laughs> this, this that week, and I had to watch a show called Cop Rock. Cop Rock is an American police procedural musical created by Stephen Bosho and William Finkelstein. These are real names. This uh, was a sub-punishment because rugby 2015 yeah. was uh, a $70 game. It was, like, stupid expensive. So then Tom pulled this out of his butt. <laughs> guess who? Uh, guess who's the theme music composer, like one of the main composers on the show? John Williams. No. Hans Zimmer. No. Howard Shore. No. Uh, keep going. Keep going. You know. I don't know what it is. You've got a friend in me. Ah, <laughs> oh, who is it? Randy Newman. <laughs> Pretty little lady <laughs> eating an apple. <laughs> yeah, Randy Newman. Uh, and it's definitely very Randy Newman. It's just dude rocking on a piano, singing about random things that are going on. So the gist of the show is like, at first I thought the cops were the bad guys. Because <laughs> this no no crap, this is how they serve their warrant. They they go up to this house, they hook up a a, a, a chain on a hook to a, a door, and they they go like this: "We have a warrant for your arrest. You have ten seconds." And they pull the door <laughs> off the hinges and rip it off. And All right, Loki, that's burst that's, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> they just burst in. They start snatching babies out of people's arms and stuff like that. Arresting it's like, FBI, open up. <laughs> <laughs> they arrest everybody. They, for all and like the warrant was for drugs. They found less than an ounce of cocaine. Arrest everybody, okay? And then like they get all these people out of the house in cuffs and they start stuffing them in cars. And all of a sudden, the the perps that they arrest, they start singing a song. And I, I was like, "Whoa, what what is happening here?" They start singing like "We Own the Street" or something like that. And I was like, "Hmm, okay, so this is a musical." And uh, it, it there was like it was an hour long episode. And the gist of the show basically went, um, you know, where, like, you forget that it's a musical up until they slap you in the face with another song that came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, this one dude, he's, like, a forensics investigator, and uh, his wife is, like, kind of way out of his league. And uh, he's singing about how much he loves her out of nowhere, and you're just like, oh, yeah, it's a musical. I forgot. <laughs> you know? Pretty woman. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say this, though. Um they did have the, I think, like, we should implement this in modern court because they sang a song that uh, I, I really liked. And here it is for you. The jury reached a verdict. We have, Your Honor. Hit it. <laughs> He's you could see it in his eyes. He did the crime and now he's got a pain. Did you say this was a bad movie? <laughs> it, it was. It was a bad show. Oh. I mean, imagine like Law and Order or like what's an even older, like Hillside or something like Hill that. Street Hill Blues. Street Blues. Yeah. Imagine a version of that, 
but like with random music kicked in somewhere. I just like the idea of just like hooking of a chain to someone's front door. <laughs> and just like right, go, you got 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot of that. And like the cops are dirty, you know, like one of them plants a gun on a, like, cause like they're the whole first episodes, they arrest these people. They, the judge is like, you, you, you can't abuse this warrant. We're releasing these people. They're like, you're letting all these felons back on the street, you know? And then they find this guy that kills a cop that gets released the next day. The next day, he, they, he goes on like a shooting spree, and murders a cop uh, because you know, I don't know he got out of jail. That's the first thing he's going to do. So uh, they he's on the they're on a manhunt for him. They they find him, and the cops that go to arrest him, you know, they just burst in the house. They don't get a warrant or anything like that. Totally violate this guy's rights and put him in cuffs. And then the lead detective shows up, and he's like, you know, you idiots, what are you doing now? We can't arrest this guy, and all this other stuff. Like, oh, gee, sorry, we didn't know. Like, you're, you're in plain clothes. Freaking cops. patrol. Yeah. No, they're not patrols. They're in plain clothes. Like, they, they should know. So then the guy's like, all right, get out of here. And then he, like, he, he like uncuffs the guy and puts a gun down and shoots him. <laughs> like, there's nobody that knows how to do law enforcement in this show. Is this really what they thought cops did back in the nineties? You know, so yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so they. Uh, I mean, that's that's the gist of the show. That's kind of how it was in the nineties. And apparently, like, there's four songs for every episode, and there's eleven episodes, and it just got bananas. Like the chief, <laughs> the chief is really weird. Is LAPD right? So the chief is like, uh, he's like. Ernie Hudson was the only person that I recognized in the entire show, and he was the PIO for the chief. So he uh, he essentially is like trying to you know corral the chief to not be so crazy. And the chief's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get over there and you know give the eulogy for this dude's funeral in a second. But come here, look at my new pistols that I got. And he got like Wild Bill Hickcock's pistols. And he was gonna wear both of them <laughs> for the eulogy. <laughs> He's like, let me try him out real quick. And he pushes a button and a mannequin pops out of his wall and he shoots it real quick with his pistols. And you're like, I'm like, what am I? Wa- Do people really think pe- cops are like this? Yes. Yeah. I, I think the whole thing is just designed to be a parody and silly. I mean, uh, but then they, would, like but then they would have this like, you know, mash level switch to like seriousness where like a cop would die and everybody would be like, no, it's so sad. Or like a crack mom would like and lose, sell her baby like, and know, stuff like, like, like that. A thousand candles in the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a hundred candles in the wind. <laughs> it was a million candles. A million candles. <laughs> bye, bye, little Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just uh, all over the place. And uh, it was... I was honestly like so put off that I was actually pretty interested and I almost kept watching. Instead, I read the Wikipedia notes for the rest of the season. It doesn't get any better. But uh yeah, it, it, it was it was wild. It was it was it, it's a weird strange medium to have a law in order procedural. It's like, I don't know, doing a sci-fi dentist out, uh, uh, office, office kind of thing, you know, like what what's Oh, you, another you, Gorgon. Yeah. Oh, man. You never would have thought that those two um, Musical and law enforcement, yeah, you never should go in hand in hand. Well, it didn't. They don't. Yeah, it didn't do very well. It had its one season, got canceled abruptly, but they kept replaying it like every five years, and apparently it was a big hit in Australia at some point. So, <laughs> uh, strange show. <laughs> where did you find this? I just googled. I was like, "Where are the worst TV shows of all time?" Oh, and like that popped up. It was like the number two thing. I was like, "Cop Rock," and I looked. I was like. I'm like musical law. I was like, I don't need to know anymore. Yeah, Hayden, watch this. <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was uh, it was it was so goofy that 
Yeah, it felt like a parody until like they tried to be serious and stuff, and it's strange. So you're saying if they if they were just spoofing and lampooning, and it was a lot like Police Squad, yeah, like this would have been a very tolerable because yeah, musicals maybe musicals are show. musicals are wacky. Like I mean, like even like the serious ones, Les Mis. There's <laughs> like they're, they're it's so you know there's good musicals, and then there's just. But like like even the serious ones, they're so you know outlandish that you mm-hmm. can kind of suspend disbelief even further. But when you have like the reality of a law enforcement procedural going on, mm-hmm. and then you got dudes doing like the can can in the background, like there's a scene in the first episode where the mayor accepts a bribe, and like they hold they do a whole th- thing, a whole <laughs> kit caboodle dancing thing, you know, for her accepting the bribe. You know, and I'm just like, what? What is going on? You're corrupt. <laughs> yeah, it was like she's the best or something like that was the name of the song or whatever. So, just wild. Oh, the song's catchy, like Randy Newman, catchy. You know, I, I like the guilty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's guilty, Joanna. <laughs> yeah, we should do that from now on. Whenever a person's guilty, it's as a, soon as you start hearing the dance number, as soon as you start hearing the piano play, the guy's like, no. <laughs> it sounds like a Mel Brooks like bit that just went too far. Exactly. It like does. when he watched History of the World Part One of the Spanish Inquisition was just a catchy show tune <laughs> dance number. Exactly. That's what I felt like. So yeah, it was, it was strange. But uh it was weirdly enjoyable and like if he could suspend disbelief disbelief far enough, but yeah. <laughs> so there you go, that was my punishment. I give it a five out of ten. So yeah. I, you know I feel like Mitch might have been more punished by this. Yeah, he I don't know, was. it sounded kinda of funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It it was until it tried to be serious. That's all I can say. It's so. like when you punch me like the uh, the Muppets crime movie <laughs> with the dogs. Yeah. Oh, that was actually like hilarious. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, who had movies? I did. What did you watch, Mitch? I watched the dog. It's the uh, the one with Channing Tatum, and it's uh it's about him as like a uh, I guess he's. He's trying to get back into the military as mm-hmm. like a range. He's an army ranger, and he had some kind of traumatic experience that he had to be cleared before he could go back into active duty. Mm-hmm. Well, while he's trying to get cleared, he's trying to convince his, I guess his, you know, person over him, commanding officer, commanding perhaps. officer, yeah, to to clear his paperwork. Well, he's like, well, here, if, do this favor for me, and I'll pass your paperwork on to the next level, so that they can, uh, you know, they can reevaluate. And so basically, he's tasked with taking this dog which is a service dog, Lulu, for the uh, a military, like, canine, to the funeral for its its owner and stuff. It's, like, it's, I think it's, like, three states away or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it ended up being a really good uh, movie. Like, it, it gets a, a six out of, I think, six out of ten on IMDb. But it, I thought it was a lot better than that. It, it, it does a really good job of, you know, Having a an animal actor, they said they used three dogs to to portray the the one dog in the movie, but uh, it, it does a really good job of seeing like you know how service animals because they that's kind of how they treated it was you know his they kind of helped each other because both of them were suffering from PTSD uh-huh. from being in the military like this dog like you couldn't touch its ears uh-huh. or it flipped out and was like trying to beat him up like with the muzzle with uh-huh. the stuff on muzzle punching him yeah yeah <laughs> but it, 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 there was a lot of funny parts like there's a part where uh they're trying to he he goes i think to a gun range and he's just you know trying to vent some so he's out in there out there shooting well, the dog's hearing the gunfire go off, so he starts. Or the dog rips open its own cage, just like uh-huh. beating the cage to death. He comes back out to the car, and the, the dog's just like just grabbing the seat and ripping shreds <laughs> off of it. And he's like, "You're a demon! You're just a demon! You, you, 
there's no reason for that. <laughs> and the dog just looks at him. But uh, <laughs> there was a lot of funny parts with him because most of the movie is just him and the dog. Mm-hmm. And it was I was amazed at how well like he did you know for acting with just didn't, him and an animal. Didn't Channing Tatum direct this movie? I it from what I saw, it doesn't say that he like officially did. But uh, I did see other stuff that said it's his directorial debut, but it's not listed as a director on IMDb. So huh. it was this kind of was, it was kind of like a Kurt Russell and Tombstone. He's not the director, but he was right. yeah, he was in he, charge. He's making things happen. He was in charge and pretty much directing and rewriting a lot right. of stuff. Yeah, to make but, a, to make a great movie. But yeah, in this movie, he's supposed to take the dog down to the funeral, and then after the funeral, take it to the the base, and they're going to dispose of the dog because it can't be rehabilitated because it's. It's so far gone or whatever. You're gonna put it to sleep and or something. Yeah. So then they uh, they they go about you know different things that lead to an a, an eventual outcome that you know I'll just go ahead and say it's 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 a more pleasurable outcome than the dog just being put to sleep. But uh, it, it's a it's a fun movie and you can already say Channing Tatum and the dog eventually become they bond and yeah. become buddies and. He, him and the dog be, have become best friends. I mean, it'd be kind of a mo- <laughs> yeah. movie if he was just like, "Well, bye, dog." All right, well, bye, you demon hound. <laughs> but it, it's fun to see the relationship because, like, granted, it's three different dogs that you find out like through the post stuff. But just seeing him, his relationship with this dog throughout the movie, mm-hmm. as they go from like hating each other pretty much to like you know good friends when they mm-hmm. they learn to reconcile. So. It, it's a fun movie. It was a good movie. I, like it, it says PG thirteen, but it's something I'm gonna try and get my kids, you know, to watch because she loves animal stuff. Yeah, have they're, you gotten to watch Homeward Bound? Yeah, she loves oh. that movie too. It's an awesome movie. But uh, like traumatizing. The, it, it says PG thirteen, but there's Shadow gets stuck in the pit. And you think he's gonna be dead? There, there's no, Same. there's no really any blood. There's not mm-hmm. really any cussing. There's, I mean, there's a little bit of drug use, but that's be, something that they like. Mm-hmm. They're trying to rectify. Like they see it and they try to mm-hmm. stop it. So. It's a good movie. I I, I really uh, I really liked it. So. I really want to watch Homeward Bound right now, <laughs> <laughs> or the second one. That's an example where the sequel is just as good as the first one. Mm-hmm. Who? Because uh, what's it? Mar- uh, Michael J. Fox plays uh, Chance. 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 Mm-hmm. So Shadow Chance. What was the cat? Sassy. 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 And, that's and that's Roseanne. <laughs> Who played Shadow? An old man. <laughs> the voice of Shadow. He, he actually has a, a cameo as like his himself in the first movie. He's the guy in the cabin. Oh, okay. That did the rescue Sassy after she falls off the waterfall. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. Yep. Stupid Sassy. But anyways, I'll move on to my news for our movies. Cobra Kai. <laughs> well, because of the success from Cobra Kai, <laughs> how do I <laughs> the Karate Kid, they're, they're making a new movie that will release in 2024. The Kid of Karate. They, they haven't said how it will tie in. But it is supposed to be like a spinoff from the the TV show. Are they going to get uh, uh, Will Smith's son in it? I, I doubt that. I hope not. Jackie He's Chan. too busy squinting. Jackie Chan. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, the next bit of news I have is Keanu Reeves is returning. As John Constantine. <laughs> yes, as John Constantine and Constantine 2. I never thought it would happen, so it's official, official. Yeah. They actually they canceled the HBO Max TV show that they were going to have of John Constantine, mm. so they could do this movie instead. And they also canceled the the Madam X, which was Madam Xanadu, was basically it's along the same lines as Constantine. Yeah, but uh, they canceled both of those shows so they could produce this uh, this mm-hmm. movie, which I I, I want to say the same. I can't remember. Why don't the, they just do like a Zatanna TV show? They're working on that, that yeah, too. Yeah, and they could just introduce everybody. But uh, I think the same director, I don't know his name, but the same director that did the first Constantine movie is also returning mm-hmm. to do the to direct this. So, I mean, 
I, I like the first movie, yeah. and I think this one will be pretty good. It'd be interesting to see how they go about because the first movie was in two thousand five. Mm. So and here we are, seventeen years later. Yeah. Well, it'll be like yeah. eighteen years after. Yeah, they're also doing a Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. William Defoe is uh, Nosferatu. They already did that. Is it a sequel to the Nosferatu movie? Uh, it's a brand new Nosferatu. Have you ever oh, seen oh. that one with uh, uh, John Malkovich and no, the, William Defoe? The only Nosferatu movie I saw was the original oh, yeah, silent well, movie, but then they, a they, Symphony of Horror. There's a, there's a spinoff of that sort of where it, he was really Nosferatu, and they casted him in that silent movie, and that was about... John Malkovich is the director. Oh, I had, no. I had, yeah, it's no. actually a really good movie. And he's playing himself. Yeah. Like, he's, he's playing the He's Yashin. playing Nosferatu. He's a, he's a vampire life. playing Nosferatu. But he's like, he's been in a crypt for like the past 200 years. So mm-hmm. he's just injected it into like 1920s America. Mm-hmm. He's just like this the whole time. Just doesn't know what's going on. And then <laughs> wants to eat people. And they're so. just like, great. You're doing fantastic. <laughs> get, get it on camera. Yeah. All of his co-stars are like horrified. <laughs> <laughs> just looking at the side. Uh, so they got sued for that movie. The 1921? Yeah. Why? Uh, because it was a a ripoff of Dracula. Was Dracula... Dracula didn't come out until 1932. The, the rights to it, I think. Oh, there was Bram a lot Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, Bram Stoker's oh, okay. Dracula. I guess it would be within the rights window, but wasn't... I wonder what the UK... Because Bram Stoker was British, right? Or was he American? <laughs> he might have been American. I don't know. I, I, don't I know. think he might probably was English, but... Somebody who's probably like a literary... Degree and it's just like ripping their hair out. Listen to this, but uh, if there is any, I know there was some litigation to do with the original Nosferatu. That's yeah. why they had to change it from Count Dracula to Count Orlock. Huh, I don't know that. That's interesting. And you know what? People were so ignorant to stuff like that back in the day. They probably mm-hmm. just didn't even care. Nowadays, everybody knows everything about every little minutia of a movie. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. guy's wearing a blue suit. I'm offended. Exactly. Let me get on Twitter. Huh. TV. Tam. Tam. Tom watched the new Grand Tour special, oh. a Scandi flick, Scandinavia. I, I gathered that, yeah. Yeah, and it was a, uh, <laughs> I, I, it was a return to good form. I thought, was, I thought we liked them all up to this point. Well, it's been a while. It's been a, it's been like what two years? I thought, yeah, that was a two since years. the last one. Because hmm. I think the last one they did was uh, they had filmed it just as COVID was happening. Yeah. So I think they had to like do like some sort of production past like the initial lockdowns and then release it. Mm-hmm. But this is a brand new to do. This came out this week. Yeah. And uh, very funny. I mean, it obviously takes place in Scandinavia. They got to go across from Norway to Sweden to uh, Finland. Yeah. We had we didn't even know it came out. I was just looking through something. I was like, hey, Tom. Well, I, I, I like the Grand Tour page on uh, oh, okay. Facebook. So I, like they accidentally on purpose released the trailer. <laughs> oh, so you didn't tell me about it. I found it and told you and you already knew. Yes, I, I, see how it I is. already knew it was coming. You didn't tell me. Okay, I see how it is. But, uh, the, it, it recaptured a little bit, not as much as like the old hijinks, hijinks mm. of the Grand Tour or of uh, Top Gear from years ago. Uh, they do show some crash footage where James eats it into a wall. They, they have yeah. roll reversal. Roll reversal. It's like Richard Hammond drives super, super slow. Uh-huh. He becomes Captain Slow, and James goes to the hospital because he wrecked uh, Mitsubishi Evo into uh, a twice. In, into a mountain <laughs> in a tunnel. How are these guys not kill themselves? I don't, I don't know. This was their a insurance point. rates. I can't imagine yeah. what it must be like. Well, they don't have insurance in the UK. Not health insurance. Like, yeah, dude, he he ate it in that wall. He ate it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Or, they, they show the inside is so on camera, basically, and his head bounces off the window or the door frame, like the T-frame of the really? door. Yeah, his, his head hits the B-post of the car yeah. and the windshield and, and the driver's window, which also shatters on impact into the side of the mountain. Huh. But uh, he was fine. I mean, he spent the night in the hospital, but he was all right. And that car, I mean, just going through the motion. Poor car. I love that, that car. car. Yeah, the Mitsubishi Evo sinking into the, the sea. <laughs> and they managed to pull it out. I mean, it was brilliant how they did it. I couldn't believe Richard Hammond's idea actually worked. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, this is a bit of plot stuff, but uh, James, they're driving across a frozen lake. He hits a soft patch of ice, and the car drops, and the front um, splitter catches on harder ice. So to stop the car from, like, you know, totally submerging and the engine getting waterlogged and being pretty much destroyed, uh, Richard Hammond and Jeremy's like, come on. He's like, they grab chainsaws. They run to the woods, cut down some trees. They bring back logs. He drills a hole and actually builds a winch out of rope and wood. Huh. By, you know, drilling a hole in the ice, he drops in one log, uh-huh. ropes another long one. So they basically just have a giant lever and they're just walking in a big circle mm. and creating tension mm-hmm. and literally pulling the car out. And it's just like, huh, I didn't know smart, you could do- Smart old men. <laughs> smart Richard. Look at uh, that. So it was a, obviously it's fantastically shot. They're, the quality is always fantastic for them, yeah. as well it should be. And also, I will say one of the funniest things was the end, where they get on the plane and they oh. show the credits of them on the plane in the yeah. stills, and like you know James May's laying in between the aisles and they're pouring vodka in his mouth. <laughs> you got Jeremy mooning the camera, they're just like <laughs> you know dicking around. It's yeah. just it's funny. I mean, that's funny. They have the best job in the world. Yeah, I will say there's also a great YouTube bit uh, to go along with them of uh, Jeremy and not Jeremy, um, Richard and James getting uh, drunk on vodka (laughs) while answering trivia questions and and building Legos. And there's also another one of them playing chess and like each piece you take or whatever they're you know doing shots of gin, (laughs) getting slammed while trying to figure it out. Gin. All right, well, what uh, what news do you have for us? So my news, there's a Blade Runner show. Yep. Uh, Blade Runner 2099, provocative TV sequel, greenlit by Amazon. Ooh, really? I thought HBO owned the rights to... This is with Ridley Scott as an executive oh, producer. Right. Amazon yeah. Prime TV show will uphold the intellect, themes, and spirit of its film predecessors. Do you believe it? Just like Lord no. of the Rings. And as I will tell you now... <laughs> As someone who's watched Amazon's billion-dollar bomb, they are full of crap. Yeah. They aren't upholding anything. Man. They are going to crap on everything you like about Blade Runner, Hayden. And Blade Runner is my kind of shtick because... You know, it's I, that weird dystopian future. Well, I've read the book, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sleep, which is what Blade Runner is based off of. Mm-hmm. I was really into the uh, Harrison Ford, the first one. Hayden and thinks he's a, synth- a synthetic. We, maybe we all are. I don't know. I'll have to take the test. I can vouch I am not. You don't like Blade Runner? <laughs> no, I'm just saying I'm not a synthetic. Oh. Well, you know what? Was Harrison Ford a synthetic? This whole time? Because of the orange glow in their eyes? Or the reflection? It's Some of it's that. Yeah, they, they talked. I think there was like a, a theory that they were able to advance them beyond that at some point. I don't know. So. Say I'm not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, they all have parts. If you zoom in on a microscope on the bones, you can see like that where it's artificial. Serial number. Yeah, there's a serial number in bones. And yeah. stuff like that, so. so that's the bit of news. Also, I watched the newest update of the Rings of Power. Uh huh. So this is your Tom's two minute update. 
Uh, the show sucks. I have no idea what direction they think they're going with. I don't know what the writers were smoking. None of it makes sense. The timeline is 50 shades of effed up. Mm-hmm. People are alive and events are happening and things have not happened that should have already happened for certain people to be alive. And they're just, it's like Spaghetti Junction. It's they, just all they, over the place. They literally just took a bunch of stuff and it's like they're pulling plot points and people <clears throat> out of a hat and sticking on a board and going, this happens now. This person's here. I just here hope, we go. I just hope that they can find a way to harness all the energy coming off of Tolkien's grave that he's just spinning around in right now. <laughs> Jar- they, there was one good scene. I'll give him that. They had one good scene. Which was? With uh, the dwarves. Oh. When they uh did you watch the episode? Yeah. With uh Duran and his father? Yeah. Their little back and forth to do. Like that was a good scene. Like that like there was no prompting to it. It was a father son moment. Was it true to the source material? I don't even care. Okay. That was the one scene I actually watched and just felt like Middle Earth. I think the whole dwarf uh arc, story arc is probably the yeah. best. I wish arc. somebody would smack the crap out of Galadriel. Yeah, I don't care about Galadriel's she needs thing. To, she needs to be knocked down a the couple hobbits of pegs. thing is weird, but the dwarf... No, they're not hobbits. They're harfoots. Whatever you want to call it. And it. But the dwarf, like, watching them operate in Khazad-Doom and figure out how to... Khazad-Doom is by far the most interesting place. And figure out, like, they're, they're discovering Mithril for the first time. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool to see them, you know... You Warrior know. Silver. So... Okay, well, there you go. I played a video game. What'd you play? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Miles Morales. spider Brandon. So I got this game because it's on the PlayStation Plus thing, and my uh, my son wanted to play it, and he really enjoyed it. And then uh, I started playing it. I played for a couple hours, and I heard it's a very good game. It's a beautiful game, and uh, I the last Spider Man game I played was like the Tobey Maguire one that came out. For, I think the last one I played was like Spider Man Two, like the PlayStation Two one. Right, where you, where you um, what's his face, uh, Bruce Campbell narrates it. Yeah, yeah, and, and I played the one that's right before the Morales Morales one. Well, so like the, the to play like a uh, to play like an updated version of that, where you know, and, and Miles Morales is an interesting superhero to to play as because he's got you know the Spider Man stuff, but he also has the cloaking ability and the electric ability too. Um. But he's also very, like, young and inexperienced compared to Peter Parker. So, like, he's kind of goofy when he does his web slinging. He'll, like, flail around and, like, try and catch the web and whatnot, you know. Um, But he's also, like, as the more you – I don't know if it's in the game like that, but I feel like the more you play, the more experienced and more comfortable he gets web slinging and whatnot. Um, And uh, his his story arc is really interesting with his, like, I don't – It's his uncle, right? Well, his uncle, uncle plays Prowler, uh-huh. um, and then his father is, is dead? a cop, right? Yeah, he's a policeman. I think he's dead. Oh, he might game. be. Okay. So was he dead in the comics? I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I think Into the Spider-Verse he was still alive. Yeah, that's that's, that's like, yeah. I think that was like the main, I mean, a lot of people who knew about the comics and knew about Spider-Man knew Miles Morales was a Spider-Man. Yeah. But I think to the mainstream audience, there were a lot of people remember from Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, well, he's he's keeping his secret identity. Parker. The only people that knows that he's Spider Man is his uncle and his friend Gank. Yeah. Uh the I don't know, he's his his friend. And um but he uh he's like his little girlfriend's like uh the tinkerman tinker tinkerer. <laughs> and so he's like, you know, trying to catch her, you know, while figuring that out. And his mom's like running for mayor or something like that. 
there's a lot of like side quests and lots of stories going on at the same time. Um, you know, but on top of that, like Peter Parker's there for the beginning and he goes on vacation with Mary Jane. So he's like, good luck. You're going to be Spider-Man now. And he gives him <laughs> like his first spider suit. Uh-huh. So you spend the rest of the game, like upgrading your suits. You can unlock new suits and design your own suits. Well, I guess just get new suits. And then, um, you get uh, mods that you can put into your suit where you can, like, take more damage or do more damage or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you can get uh, devices. Like, you can shoot at these drones that will fight. They'll project holographic uh, Spider-Man that fight with you. So uh, there's lots of cool little gadgets like that that uh, make the game pretty fun. And But, it, honestly, just web-slinging through New York is pretty cool. You That's know? A, that was always a fun point. It, it is. It's it, And you, you can go so fast, and you can get really good at it, too. Mm-hmm. You remember, like, when Tony Hawk Pro Skater and Spider-Man came out, and there was, like, this weird kind of commonality behind that? You know, like, you could just figure out how to zip through the city. Oh, yeah. You know, that's it, 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 what it feels right like. Hit the right timings. Right, yeah. yeah. You jump off the web a certain way and whatnot. That's what makes it a lot of fun. Um, so I, I enjoy it. My son's super into it. He's going he's gonna to beat it. I, I don't know if I'll beat it just because there's a billion games i got to play, and I feel like I kind of hit, like, the, uh, the grind where you've just about – Explored, you, you you hit that like where you can go anywhere and do anything that you want to, and you know it's just kind of more of the same. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really want to keep me around because there's other games I'm more excited about. But that being said, you know I'd still give it like a seven and a half mm-hmm. out of ten. So most people give it a um, uh, eighty four, eighty five from Metacritic, and uh, you know nines and sevens. The lowest is seven from Gamespot. But, um, what do they know? What do they know? But the PS5 graphics with the upscaling and the mm-hmm. ray tracing is beautiful. So, so uh, let me ask you this: Since you played games on both Xbox and PlayStation now, which which console would you say has better graphics? Um, I can't tell the difference. I think that PlayStation has more experience with high def than Xbox does. I think what I'd be interested to see is Elden Ring on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it would look fabulous on Xbox. Well, the thing, like, Spider-Man and other games, uh, like uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Ghost of Tsushima, like, these games are so vibrant and mm-hmm. bright. Like, their color platelets and everything is so distinct that it feels so, like, it's like art. Like, you mm-hmm. want to keep looking at it. There's these gritty, grimy games in Xbox that uh, we play, like Halo and stuff, where there's so many details and like realism involved mm-hmm. that it doesn't feel as comfortable to keep well, like the color special it's you know a lot of blue and gray and yeah but and it might not be as realistic on the playstation side or at least the games that are like solely developed for playstation but like i said it's like art like it keeps you it makes you want to keep playing and stuff like that so um but yeah all right moving on to my news so there's this game coming out called ashfall and it's a uh, a shooter MMORPG from a company called Legendary Star. Um, I don't know what the release date is yet, but I'll do some more digging. A in shooter a MMORPG, you say? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, guess who does the music for this game? Randy Newman. No. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Gary Hans Zim- Newman. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Gary. Hans Zimmer is the. But IGN apparently has co-produced this game. IGN, yeah, recently really? recently partnered with Ashfall developer Legendary Star Studio, 
Okay, no, it's just a showcase. But I guess that they're involved in their like press junk and stuff like that. Um, so this is IGN's article that I got all the information out of. But they say that Ashfall is a um, an MMORPG shooter that is set in a post-apocalyptic world that saw an artificial intelligence uprising push humans to the brink of extinction following a nuclear war. The few remaining survivors were forced underground to live in vaults for many years, but the time has finally sounds come like Fallout. for you and your friends to adventure back. Literally Fallout. It sounds like Fallout and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn had a baby. But it's an MMORPG. Um, it talks a lot about character development, and you can just do whatever you want with characters. And it has an RPG element to where they have what these, uh, they call them, uh, there's a there's a name for them. Uh, your characters are called Wanderers, and you can build prototypes of your Wanderer that has distinct kind of classes. So you can be a Charmer, where you mm-hmm. can talk out of most confrontations that you get into, or you can be a Gunslinger, you can shoot your way through most confrontations that you get into. So it has like these. So you can be Charming Hayden or Action Hayden? That's right. So, and you can build <laughs> off of those. Uh, the prototypes are wanderer, sheriff, scavenger, mercenary, wage earner, hunter, gunslinger, bodyguard, assassin, arms dealer, renowned hero, and average Joe. Yeah. The traits are the lucky one, back Why am I every show? <laughs> Silver tongue, nine lives, nomad genes, charmer, artisan, born leader, couch potato, itch, mutation <laughs> prone. I don't know what Fantastic that means. Fantastic shooter. Uh, so I, I take it prototypes are like kind of what your natural born abilities are and traits are like your kind of your job oriented stuff. So it seems like a pretty interesting game. Um, I, I think it's going to be on all consoles. No, it's going to be on PC. Ew. And phone. <laughs> so I guess this is a phone game. I just reviewed a phone game and didn't even realize it. Good job. Sorry. Uh, there's also uh, a bunch of people because the rights have lapsed. Actually, uh, Middle Earth or Lord of the Rings Conquest mm-hmm. is being remastered on Unreal Engine five. Really? Or four? That'd be interesting. Um, they already released a trailer. It's on YouTube uh, for Helm's Deep and a lot of the armor skins and stuff. And you can actually see like the individual like stitching and oh, like wow. cloaks and stuff. So, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know what it is. It's uh, basically when uh, Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2 would come out, the original ones. Uh-huh. A little while later, they saw the rights. They did a Lord of the Rings one where you had, you know, your normal soldier. You had archers, you had mages, and you had rogues, and you can go invisible and do the stabby stab. Mm-hmm. And you fought through Middle Earth. And then there was, once you beat the game, you unlocked uh, Sauron's, like, plot campaign. You can play a song. Where you did the full reverse right. and fought as, like, the Nazgul as the Witch King and the Ring rates, whatever, yeah. and it works. And it was very, very fun. And uh, for apparently, like, uh, I mean, I remember playing it, and it would be like, you have like 20 NPCs. Uh-huh. That was like the max right? that a game could handle. So now it's like they're maxing, maxing it out. Like 100 or something? Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I think they're going to come to console with it. If they can, I know it's definitely going to be on PC. It's, it's all going to be free to play. Interesting. So I might actually download that on my laptop just to see how that plays out because yeah. I really want to play that. It sounds cool. Cool. Well, we made it through news and reviews. What do we do now, Mitch? Take Bye. over the world. That's that's the end? That's it. Are that's we sure? it. Are we having technical difficulties, Tom? I don't know. Are we? <laughs> He's not connected to Bluetooth oh, anymore. Oh, darn it. All am, right. I, am I not connected to the Bluetooth anymore? He's going to make it happen. What are we supposed to do? I don't know. I don't know. Play us out, Tom.
<laughs> Goodbye from Mitch. Bye. Goodbye from Tom. Bye, Tom. Goodbye from me. Goodbye. Thank you.